0: we are back, kinda-ish, mostly, um, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's apparently one of those, it's apparently one of those, apparently Discord is having some issues, so, um, bear with us if, uh, um, audio ends up a bit crackly or cameras go down, uh, we're we're doing what we can. (laughs) Right, Everything to me yep. looks
1: like it's been smeared in Vaseline, so... Oh, jeez. It's good. It's all very smooth.
0: <laughs> I mean... <laughs> honestly, uh, the cameras to me look like uh, what it looks like when I'm not wearing my glasses, so... I
1: mean, that is oh, the problem.
0: Wow. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whoops.
0: Anyway, anyway, the alerts are now off. Um. Remember, you can submit questions as we go uh, using channel points uh, redemption. Um, Please try and avoid using any of the other ones that are uh, um, uh, gonna switch cams and such forth. You know which ones they are. Uh, Because Psy is, funnily enough, not plugged in, so do not use PsyCam. (laughs) cam. so let's get started um for those who don't know or are new to this welcome this is the live recording of the through our eyes podcast this is
2: our first one of the year yay (laughs) and i cursed it by accident i'm so (sighs) (laughs) sorry um
0: this podcast focuses on um, highlighting marginalized creators, talking through their their story and uh, the experiences that they have, the um, uh, challenges that they face, and trying to bring a little bit of education to the the general general masses of Twitch. Um, this came from a, a bigger project. That it, I will hand over to Paige uh, to talk about. Yes.
1: Yeah, so the Through Our Eyes streams are a, a bigger sort of a eight to ten hour discussion that happen every well every couple of months. It's technically on hiatus at the moment while I still try and figure out health issues versus job versus pandemic versus what is life. So it will be coming back early it's quarter 1 i have to say in game sort of game terms quarter 1 this year there will be the next through Our i stream focusing on uh physical health that being uh, you know disability chronic illness all these kinds of umbrella topics around health uh but yes we we put them together 8 to 10 hours 30 odd guests just sort of piled into a discord uh, when it works and uh yeah we chat all about life we focus on the uh, awkward questions that you may not normally want to answer and uh go from there and, and try and educate in some of the the more difficult topics
0: and from that what we experienced was that we struggled to highlight individual people's stories because it was such a a, a larger group of people discussing uh topics together so we thought podcast. podcast would help us highlight the individuals so today we have This is Goldar! Would you like to introduce yourself tell us your pronouns the content you produce and your handles please?
2: Sure I'm Goldar I'm This is Goldar on like everything like Twitter, Twitch all of that um I have already forgotten what else you asked but pronouns <laughs> oh pronouns. pronouns she her she her uh occasionally they i am I'm weird about pronouns but it's fine um yeah uh, content produced oh uh most of my like streaming content has been uh art and craft streams um it general general chaos like wholesome shit posting is kind of the vibe that i go for It's, it's a bit eldritch and a bit weird, but it's also, I'm not going to do anything, you know, to ever hurt anybody on purpose. And if I do it by accident, I will fix it.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. And you have eyes everywhere.
2: Yes. I always, I'm watching, I'm always watching, (laughs) very, very much always watching. Yeah. Um, so
0: tell us. Why you've joined us here today on the podcast.
2: I wanted to talk about what it's like being chronically ill, but completely or 99% undiagnosed, because it's a whole different thing when you don't actually have words or tools to figure out what's going on. You're just like, ah, it's time to suffer. Okay. You know, you can't put it into a little box very easily, because you don't have a box. You have a box shape that's over there and it's it's kind of messy,
3: you know. So... Um... Yeah.
0: Paige, do you need
1: to... No, I just... I'm just listening instead of uh, watching. For, unfortunately for me, because Discord's having a little trouble, all the video and audio is completely unsynced, like 20 seconds apart so it's very Goodness. difficult to tell when people are talking because <laughs> I can hear you but I'm like was that like a minute ago is, everyone just, <sighs> is that st- what's um <laughs>
2: oh crap <laughs> that's why I just disabled my cameras minimized discord I'm just looking at my my phone for stream chat and <laughs> yeah. yeah that's
0: it yeah oh, no God. we are aware that the audio yeah. is a bit balked hence the reason i warned prior to us (laughs) starting that it was having some issues because discord apparently has has decided that now it's going to fail just in time for uh uh the podcast um yeah yay um okay um paige do you want to try dropping out of the call and then Coming back in and yeah. seeing if that helps it,
1: will will do. <laughs> Give me a moment.
0: And now we're like skewed across two, like across three. uh, uh,
3: uh... <laughs> <laughs> Just the top
1: of my head. <laughs> oh dear. For a moment and just sort of stared at it like, where has it gone?
3: <laughs>
1: so- this is a cursed day. Eh? It's yep.
0: my fault.
3: Yep. I-, like, I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs>
1: it wasn't it you, I absolutely don't think- because of me. I blame Ty, technically. Right. Good
0: job. Ty. One, two, one, two, are you hearing me? Yes. yes. Cool cool right so hopefully hopefully that's sorted okay right so on to our first question would you tell us the lowdown of your story why why you're you're wanting to talk about this when did it start sure
2: so i mean it's kind of one of those things where it kind of starts at the very like you know my childhood i I've always had like hypermobility issues that everybody was just like, "Oh, you're just clumsy," but none of my siblings would, you know, dislocate their ankles every five minutes. You know, that little things like that, that over time kind of formed a pattern that I can look back on. But as a kid, it didn't register. Um, but when I was about eighteen, I we the family came down with some food poisoning. Specifically, I me and one of my sisters and my dad. I got it the worst and went untreated for it because we didn't have health insurance for me because I had turned 18. Um, so, like, my dad was, was in the doctors. He was better in three days. My sister had it really mild. It was better in, like, two days with no treatment or whatever. I was down for about two weeks with it, and I'm pretty sure that was the beginning of my digestive problems that I now have. Um, I, probably around, like, yeah, like 1920, I went, like, three months where I couldn't actually eat any food without being wildly and, like, violently ill. Mm-hmm. In both directions. <laughs> um, and that last, I mean, it was one of those things where, like looking back at it, I'm like, I probably that should have been addressed, but we didn't have insurance and it just wasn't, you know. And then I had a 13 hour pain episode in my, my abdomen, which I now know was appendicitis. But we didn't do anything about it for 13 hours. I finally went into the ER, they charged me $800 to give me anti-nausea medication, which I wasn't nauseous, I was in pain. Um, and then they sent me home with an $800 bill. I was like, okay, cool, we just spent six hours in the ER for nothing. Um, and so like for the, la- for the next few years like that, I just kind of on and off would have episodes where I couldn't eat you know or i i could eat i had i had an appetite but every time i would eat anything or even drink anything more than water i would get sick and like it was just kind of a thing it became part of life and i don't really like saying it out loud it sounds really bad <laughs> but yeah um then my appendix flared up again uh once i was i was on my own i was employed and i I Didn't have health insurance then either, but I went to the ER and they were like, oh, this shows signs of having happened before. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is pretty familiar, actually. This time, you know, they they took it out, gave me a twenty five thousand dollar hospital bill and yeah I ended up settling the bill for six thousand dollars cash because I had gotten inheritance from my grandparents <laughs> right before that happened so i still I still paid out of pocket six thousand dollars for something that like was an emergency surgery, you know mm-hmm. um And ever like a few years after that or around that, I'm also bad at time, I apologize. Um, I went to to another doctor who gave me like a half diagnosis. He did some blood tests and he said, oh, this needs more testing, but I think it's Hashimoto's and or celiac. But he didn't want to do any more tests. He didn't want to give me a proper diagnosis. This is not the first time that that happened, and it won't, probably won't be the last. Um. But where, like they say, giving me a proper diagnosis isn't going to help me, and that's very frustrating. Because mm. um, my then my I went to a psych doctor some years later, and they've done the same thing. So it's it's confusing because it's like why why do doctors not want to give you a diagnosis like a on paper so I can take it to someone and say this is what is going on. And not have to go through the whole process every time I need to get help with something, you know. So
1: this this may be a very dumb question, but in America, are you able to sue if they misdiagnose? Is that possibly a reason? Because I'm trying to think in the UK, like I've had people faff for ages around a diagnosis, but never flat out refuse to give one if I say I want one. And I'm thinking is
2: I mean they they could, but they didn't even want to continue doing tests or screenings yeah. or other things to get to that point. So, I don't really know. I think in this case it's a lot of they just they just want to treat the symptoms and they don't really want to find a cause and deal with it mm-hmm. the same way, you know. So, I've been gluten-free since like 2016 because they the doctor just said stop using stop eating wheat products and it'll it'll help. I mean, yeah, I guess because now if I eat wheat, I will, like, pretty much die. Not literally, but probably if I eat enough. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just been a lot of uh, half diagnoses, And because I'm uninsured or even with insurance, can't afford to do much. Because when I was going uh, to the psych doctors, they, I had insurance then. But I still couldn't afford to go to as many appointments as they wanted me to go to. Um, but because I'm not insured or my insurance isn't good enough, I can't push to find a new doctor and to, to like really fight for a diagnosis and treatment because I don't have that kind of money. You know, most people don't really, I don't, I don't know what they expect you to be able to do, but it's very annoying. But yeah, it's the same when I tried to get them to give me an autism and ADHD diagnosis because I would like to be able to outright say, hey, this is what is going on. And not feel like I'm self-diagnosing, even though there's nothing wrong with self-diagnosis if it's careful and researched and all of that. It's just, it would just be nice, (laughs) you know? So, yeah, that is the basic outline of stuff i feel like i'm just rambling
0: i'm so sorry no no i mean to be fair this question is basically the the uh ramble question um right. to to <laughs> introduce us to the topic of what it is that yeah. is going on with you so yeah i mean don't don't worry, everyone <laughs> rambles in, <laughs> when it comes to multiple illnesses <laughs> chronic yeah. illness <laughs>
1: Ugh,
0: Yeah <laughs> Okay So you've given us a bit of a, a, an overview there, but mm-hmm. could you uh, describe to us like, some of the challenges that you face um, how has it been affecting your life to have these chronic illnesses but also without a diagnosis um right is it affecting various parts of your life and hindering you in in any way shape or form
2: oh definitely um so the, probably the the most like surface level one is just if i t- if i'm feeling sick for a day it's hard to say like Which is true for any chronic illness in general but especially when you don't have a name for it it's hard to be like oh it's it's this is flaring up today i'll probably be fine tomorrow but i might not be fine tomorrow you know and and being able to explain to people who are not super aware of what it's like to be chronically ill that you're having a bad day like If you say, I'm sick today, people that think, oh, you have a cold, you'll be better in two to five business days, it'll be fine, you know. It's like, it's not really like that, you know. Um, The other one is that I can't be spontaneous very easily. um, Because of the way that my stomach or my internal organs, whatever is going on, gets upset, it tends to be when I eat. And so if I have something to do in the afternoon, I can't eat breakfast. If I have something to do in the morning, I probably can't have dinner the night before because I have no idea when after that point it's going to hit. And yeah, usually it'll be like an hour after I eat or less, but sometimes it's not. Um, so I have to like plan my meal times around specific events. And also, you know, what I can eat is extremely limited. <laughs> Because there are things that that do trigger it more often than not. So, any vegetables, completely out of the question. Um, And obviously, all wheat products are out of the question. And now I've gone lactose-free, because that seems to also help. And so, it's just a nightmare. Mm. Um, But, like, people will be like, oh, do you want to come hang out today? And I'm like, I mean, this is pre-pandemic, of course. But... It was very difficult because I'm like, well, I I have, you know, I haven't planned for this. I don't have safe foods in the house that I know won't make me sick or that kind of thing. Not to mention just going out to eat somewhere. Just even if you plan for it, you can't really plan for it, you know? Um Yeah, that kind of stuff mostly is like the the inability to just live my life like a standard optimal flesh prison
3: <laughs> is a bother mm. yeah. so yeah. how
0: tell us a bit more about how it's um been uh impacting you in terms of like your work like right i mean well it- I may be slightly a... biased because I, I I know a little bit about you. Um, but <laughs> for example, I know that your sleep schedules are all over yeah. the place. I
2: oh yeah. Well, for so... a while, when I was uh, I was doing, like when I was going to the the psych doctors, I was actually on a lot of sleeping medication because they could not figure out why I could not sleep. I can't figure it out either. I at some point went on a really odd sleep pattern for a few months and it worked really well i would go to bed at about 7 p.m and wake up at midnight and i would just live my life but uh at some point stuff started like work stuff started to get kind of stressful and so i got off of that but it does mean that like i am i rarely get more than two or three hours a night um i sleep best during the day (laughs) which is really annoying Um, but I will also, if I'm having, like, a bad uh, stomach day, I might literally need to sleep for 12 hours. And, you know, if I'm at work, I can't do that. Uh, and I can't usually just leave work to do that. So I'm very tired all of the time. <laughs> yeah. And I've I've read that there's something called, like, sleep patterns. I don't oh, know. My... I'm not good at remembering the names of things. But there is a, a a thing that some people just have a weird sleep pattern. And that's that's what I think is going on, but I don't know. So yeah. But it also is because right now I'm in a weird transition stage at work. I have like a second office that I'm going to and it's not a very if I get ill while I'm there it's not really a friendly environment for that, because it's like a public restroom, and
1: uh, mm,
2: not good, not great, mm. you know. So feel like uh,
0: that's I, something that uh, uh, everyone uh, with uh, a chronic illness can uh, identify with. Uh, public toilets, yeah. enemy number one. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah, yep. Don't really like that. Especially with people who don't know me yet. Because, like, if, it's, if it was, like, my office that I'm in now, the people that I've worked with for 10 years, they're going to understand that, like, I'm not spending all of my time in the bathroom because I'm hanging out there, you know, and they're not going to probably burn me at the stake for, you know, using the bathroom when I'm sick. But at the same time, the, the new office, I don't know these people. I know two people in that building, and they only knew me for about three months. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have no idea. So it's, it, even though I know, like, the, the perceived judgment is worse than any real judgment, because the real judgment isn't likely. And if it is, it means they're an asshole, and <laughs> therefore shouldn't care. But the perceived judgment is confusingly very intense, you know? It's very, very, very difficult to deal. It's kind of how I feel with the self-diagnosis thing, because there's so much criticism of people self-diagnosing. But at the same time, I'm aware that it's not all bad, that it's actually helpful for people, for me. But it still means that I feel like, ooh, I should maybe not do that, even though you gotta. Yeah,
1: I think perceived judgment almost... Works a little bit like that annoying little voice in your head that's like but you should be able to do this. You know, you could do this one time. And it's like, oh yeah, oh, and it. You don't even. It, I feel like it's maybe not even that we think other people actually think like that. It's like that's what the hateful voice inside me thinks about it.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's I've also,
2: been, I've... yeah, I I grew up hearing that too a lot um, with the, the the idea that I should just be more normal, not. Not so much with my physical health, but more with the autism, ADHD, and my my thinking patterns are not what, you know, they're not neurotypical. I don't understand things the same way. Things upset and bother me in different ways than they did the rest of my family. So I was the weird one, and I kind of internalized that idea that you should just be normal. There is no normal. There's there's perceived normal and societal normal but there's not normal. Mm. And I do know that, but it's 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 in there. You know, you you got to uproot it and throw it into the sun.
1: <laughs> it's pervasive.
2: <laughs> it is. Yeah. It very much is.
0: Sorry, I was trying to make sure that the alerts didn't go off it, uh while we're going apparently they didn't turn off. Um because, you know, chaos. Uh... Yep. You're
1: welcome. <laughs> Don't worry, it's still breaking all over the place for me, but we're managing. <gasps> oh. The other cat just barreled into the room and headbutted the door as well, so that <laughs> happened. <laughs> that, that door's never normally open, but she just face-firsted it from the bathroom, so... Um, <laughs> that's happened.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, this God. Needs to be included. That just feels yep. like... Like existence right now um...
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> and she looked annoyed i perceived her and walked off so i, just... I didn't know you'd be here yeah, goodbye it's like, oh i thought this okay bye how dare
0: <laughs> how very dare yeah.
1: actually she probably saw her brother was it you
0: yeah. so you've said that this has impacted um quite significantly across multiple parts of your life how is it um Uh, affected your relationships for example with as you were saying the differences between you and your family and um being unable to attend social events spontaneously
2: yeah it does mean like locally i have almost no friends um because i don't do the hanging out thing i don't you know go out to eat places and all of that like i just don't do the traditional social stuff. So local friends, pretty much none. um Family wise, we, there's things are getting better over time, but there is still some like discomfort there because I do have, you know, memories of even up until a couple years ago, I was the one in the family who didn't match up to what was being done by the rest of them I because of my anxiety ADHD autism ball of hell I didn't go to school Um, we were homeschooled up until a certain point but my sisters went to high school I did not because I was too overwhelmed and freaked out so I didn't get my GED until they had both already graduated and were attending college I got my GED and I got a job straight out of the GED, but it was just kind of that they seemed to think that I was lazy and not trying, rather than that I was not able to do it at that time, or that I was ill. But it is getting better. I think they're starting to understand a little more that, like, that's not... It wasn't what they thought was going on kind of thing. And, I mean, awareness of chronic illness and neurodivergence and all of that in the first place is getting better. So I think part of that is just they're learning what things mean and realizing that they're not completely neurotypical either. And, you know, as they get older, they're getting hit with the genetic uh, family chronic illnesses that my mom has. So, yeah, it's getting better. But it's still pretty strained
3: honestly <laughs> So was
0: the neurodivergency ever professionally looked into? I can I I think you've mentioned earlier but I I can't No, quite remember. I asked
2: them. I asked them to screen me for that. And the uh, one doctor said it would actually make your life harder if you had a diagnosis. The other one said, I think it's this, this, and this, but we're not going to, we're not going to write that down on your file. And I was like, why? And he just kind of, he just kind of like did the thing where you like brush through it and stuff. Um, as if it was not important, you know, because I'm an adult, because I'm female presenting, um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't display the signs that a young boy does so they don't think it's important because I'm not disruptive. Like, they don't seem to see it as an issue. Especially, like, I honestly, I don't even need a diagnosis for dyscalculia. I have every single (laughs) one of the signs of it. I don't care about that. That's, no one can tell me otherwise on that one. But everything else, it's like the imposter syndrome is is the main reason I want to get it dealt with. Even if there's not medication to help with it, even if it doesn't change anything on a practical level, the lack of... Like, the, the reduction in doubt would be amazing. <laughs> just Just knowing for
3: sure what's going on. And...
0: What has stopped you from uh, uh, seeking opinions more recently? Now that there is more education in in neurodivergency and more more awareness around that, what's is it just the insurance level of stuff or?
2: Yeah, it's finances at this point. Um, I am employed at a relatively low rate I'm taking care of two entire households worth of expenses. Um, My mom is disabled but not on disability because that's another whole clusterfuck in the United States. Mm. Um, And so she can't work right now and I am picking up her rent and her electric and like all of that stuff. So I can't afford to seek help because everything that I have has to go into covering, you know, the basics. Um, and locally, awareness isn't nearly as high as with, with medical professionals. Because I went to a doctor two years ago. And I was there for a specific, you know, actually it was more like three because it was pre-pandemic. God, time is happening. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
0: (laughs) No, no, Um, totally with you
2: there. (laughs) I forget why. I think it was there like, a follow-up or something. I don't know. But I I mentioned, like, you know, the way I specifically was trying to dumb it down for them. And I was like, if I eat a vegetable, I will die. And and they they basically said, well, if you don't eat vegetables on a regular basis, and then you eat a vegetable, your stomach might react to it because it's not used to it. And I was like, all right, well, you're useless. Like, yeah. I understand how gas works. That's not the problem here. The problem is the like the other stuff that is happening as a result of that, <laughs> like, yeah, no. Uh, so it's, it's very frustrating because I don't think they want to understand. They just want you in and out. They wanna prescribe you something. And there are obviously exceptions. I'm not saying all doctors are horrible. I'm just saying, As, like, a a doctor society, it's not as dedicated to finding out what's wrong and fixing it as I think it should be.
1: Gosh, whereas in the UK, I found it's almost exactly the opposite. Like, when it came to giving me a diagnosis, they were like, oh, we'll throw that at you, but you can't have any medication. No, you need to go and do a thousand Mm. different appointments to look at each of your symptoms, but we won't treat them until we know how fucked up you are. And it's like, okay, um... That, yeah, uh, I I knew what was wrong with me for two years. I really just wanted the the medication. Thank you, because if that doesn't work, then we'll talk more. But maybe we could try yeah. treating this issue that you've let me have first, please. Um, the the yeah. The, the only time I had success with that was when I went to a doctor when I was sixteen with like severe depression that was presenting through like anger bursts, which I now actually think was ADHD, but none of us knew it at the time. Um, and she looked looked at me, looked at my mum, and went same thing. And my mom went, yeah, and they went, okay, here's a script. I'm like, oh, that was easy. Okay, that was unexpected. Mm-hmm. But it's back and back and back and back in my family files, so they were like, we're not even going to bother. <laughs> 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 it's like, all right, thank you. So, mm. yeah, but that is so weird. So they won't, yeah. yeah, goodness.
2: Well, I think it might depend on what you're going for, because mm-hmm. mine is an internal thing. It's not a chronic pain thing. My mother has fibromyalgia, mm. and... As well as some, like, spine problems and all of that. But, like, for fibro pain, they won't prescribe for pain medication. So it does depend on what kind of medication it is, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, psych meds, they were happy to throw at me. They gave me anti-nausea meds. I have not, like, occasionally I will have nausea with my pain and the running to the bathroom constantly thing. But it's usually not nausea. Yeah. It's usually just a rapid downward exit. <laughs> you know, Something or just pain.
0: pain. That is a great yeah, way just... of phrasing it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I try.
1: <laughs> i <try. laughs> it right, Drac. Everything does come back to poop.
2: Yeah, a, well, I knew yeah. When, when I was thinking about this. I was nuts. like, we're gonna talk about it because that's the whole. Like that's ninety percent of my my digestive issues comes down to poop. Yeah, and it's it's very uncomfortable and i just i was
3: like yep yeah, they're they're gonna love that um
0: i mean i would kind of like to approach from the other point of view here of the sense that i have actually uh, experienced the same in the sense of lots of meds no diagnosis for a very very long time um usually it's usually more of a reactive um response than a than a long-term kind of plan Mm -hmm. um but i will also say that having been through the digestive side of things myself as well that the that doctors do actually have a point when it comes to how your body unadapts to processing things so Mm. while i don't want to justify the hand waviness well yeah they they have especially if you've visited a new doctor or a, Mm. a it's like the first time you've seen a doctor um quite often you're gonna have to jump hoops and this goes right. for for everyone. You're gonna have to jump hoops. For me, it was go gluten free, eliminate these things, go on a FODMAP diet. Go. It's there's always they're always going to go through these things, um, and quite often I've from what I was just speaking to all of the people on the podcast so far, you have to jump the hoops to get to the. Long-term yeah. goals, but with an American healthcare system, yeah, that seems so are very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right? and the other yeah. thing is, this wasn't this wasn't followed by some suggestions for options like that. Like you said, cutting this, cutting that, changing mm-hmm. your diet plan. It was literally just her acting like I had never in my life eaten a vegetable and had one for the first time. This is after probably close to ten. Years of this, and I told her, like, it started suddenly too. Mm. I, I told her, you know, I told her the, the whole story, and she still acted like I had never seen a vegetable. And it's I, part of it is my weight, because a lot of the time people don't think you have a digestive problem when you are plus size, because you associate that with rapid weight loss. I don't get that, and that's probably because of the thyroid issue. Um, I was gonna say, A, yeah. thyroid, exactly. box
0: up your uh, 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 weight, whether it can go either and way. And
2: <laughs> I do drop weight quickly when I'm having an episode. It's just that I have enough on there that you don't notice it real quick. I'll drop 10 pounds in a day. It's wild. But yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't change anything enough for them to care. You know, if it doesn't stay off, You know, but it also means I gain it very quickly because I'm not processing things correctly or because I'm eating terrible things to try to stay fed. You know, like I live on rice, eggs, and chicken or cheese. Less cheese lately because I've been trying to avoid too much dairy. But, yeah, so they don't take you seriously when you're overweight in the first place. And It's increased rapidly because in America our diets are so, I know it's kind of the whole, was it western world, east-west, is hard to remember for me too. Anyway. But like the the general diet isn't great. So when you say something like I can't eat vegetables, they assume you mean I don't like vegetables. But I do like vegetables. I will sometimes just eat a can of spinach. I'm like you know what i'm gonna suffer for this but it's delicious i i would love to be able to eat vegetables and eat a salad again you know but i can't take that risk <laughs> that's a long weekend kind of thing you eat that on a friday when you don't work <laughs> saturday sunday monday just just to cover all your bases
1: i'm fucking wild tonight lads i'm eating a fucking caesar salad I like, uh,
2: yeah. like, do this. There's a shell like,
1: hey, on the side. I'm going for some of that. Everybody want to party
2: with me? I'm going to have some spinach and some coffee.
1: Let's go. Uh, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna up the Fuck you.
0: Yeah. That's also the thing. One of the things that I find so just gobsmacking when it comes to doctors, right? Mm. It is a given fact that if you are not getting the required nutrition and you're not getting the required amount of calories or have the right things in your diet that will allow you to um, function correctly that your body will go into starvation mode and hold on to everything everything
1: that explains a lot
0: like yep. and... it is you can you can i mean it's 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 shown like you know when people go on these extreme diets where they're not eating enough calories that they don't drop the weight because they are mm-hmm. not eating <laughs> right,
2: and in my case, a lot of the time I'm not able to eat much, so I' will try to lose my blood sugar by drinking sugary things usually like a Gatorade or a, like an electrolyte drink you know what I mean I'm ingesting sugar and nothing else some days because it I mean I try to have broth on hand but it's also kind of expensive to keep broth on hand because you either have to stand there and make broth for six hours or you have to have it you know buy the prepackaged things or keep it in the freezer I don't always have a reliable you know. It's healthier than drinking sugar water, but at the same time, sugar water is easy to store. You have water, you have a mix. You make a thing, you drink it. So I'm ingesting a whole bunch of sugar that I wouldn't normally be having because I just need to keep something in me, you know. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, but you're not, you're not super skinny, so I think you're eating just fine. And I'm like, all right, it's been three days, but sure.
1: I've I've had this argument with a lot of people, especially a lot of people who do, or have admittedly grown up with more privilege, um, mm. in that, like, yes, if you look at the price of individual foods, it looks like eating healthily is cheap, but you can't just eat four apples and a banana... And th- that's that's your breakfast. Because then actually, if you're like, oh cool, well uh, actually that's enough nutrients for one meal. Now times it by meals and snacks, and actually being able to store that food and knowing how to prepare it. And if you actually can't store bananas and apples together, so make sure you have enough room because one gives mm-hmm. off a certain gas which will poison the other. Essentially, don't you dare put that kiwi in the fridge because that will kill you. And uh, you know it it's not cheap at all to eat well. No shit, food is affordable. And sure, mm-hmm. it gives you a lot. It gives you a lot of the basics to make sure you live, but it doesn't give you, or to survive. It doesn't give you what you need to live. Like, and yeah. I completely understand what you said. So, the half of last year, and this does go into weight loss talk for a second. Um, mm-hmm. I was on the extreme reduced calorie diet of like 1.2 k a day because I couldn't exercise much, and I, I lost uh, a stone uh, over the last two months. I fucked that off because I couldn't do it any longer and I pretty much gained it all back. So six months of suffering and constantly thinking about food was for absolutely nothing. And it's Mm -hmm. But I can't eat vegetables, which I think is actually uh, an ADHD or potentially an autism thing, but trying to get into a discussion about that's a nightmare as well. Um, Because I throw up because the texture I can't take. The taste is great. I love the taste and smell of vegetables. Can't eat them at all. Yep. so I'm not getting any nutrients whatsoever. Yeah, it's, it's a nightmare, and I, uh, I'm I'm sorry, Golda. I wish because obviously I'm not a small lass either. Um, <laughs> it's fat phobia. Unfortunately, they just go you're fat. You've eaten. It's mm-hmm. like yes, all I've eaten is shit. I can't eat anything better.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. It's exactly. like, I've eaten
1: chocolate because I couldn't stomach anything else. Like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and part of it like they do tend to be even more dismissive of women or women presenting you know people as well um i don't know why exactly that is but it definitely is a thing because uh, there is
0: a, a, a stereotype of uh, women uh uh don't um they they overemphasize their pain
2: mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and meanwhile, meanwhile, we're doing the opposite constantly.
0: But that—I mean—that's that's a a a very well-known uh, um, a stereotype that is uh, uh, prominent in the medical field is the assumption that women actually uh, um, ham up their pain, um, and I
2: yeah, I, I don't understand why they would think that because what exactly do women gain by pretending to be in more pain when all it really does is mean no one takes them seriously
1: and even, even if
2: they're not doing
1: it it gets even worse when you add skin color into the mix as well the amount of, of, hundred, of yeah, black I'm women sure. poc women and like especially uh, i say this from like discussions on the through our eye streams um but the, the amount of people that have just been left in hospital was like nah, you're making it up come back when you're not looking for drugs so it's like oh my Dear God, like their appendix burst, like the. Th-
2: I, I genuinely think that's what they what they were concerned about with me when I went to the ER the first time for my appendix was that they thought I was looking for pain meds. I wasn't. I just wanted it to stop. I don't have. I don't like taking medication. I actually, mm. I think it, it's an autism thing for me because it it actually upsets me to be impaired, and so a lot of times pain medication, a pain medication, hard works on me anyway, they gave me so much fucking morphine, and then they gave me like whatever is like mega morphine I don't remember what it's called. it was like they injected me with water I had no pain relief, no dizziness, no any symptoms of medication in my system so I wasn't looking for pain medication you know i I don't want it I've gotten wildly sick from it in the past I just wanted them to find out what was wrong with me because 13 hours unable to move because my abdomen was hurting so bad is not okay and normal no it's not (laughs) no i couldn't get out of bed Like i was laying on my stomach in bed and i would try to get up and roll over to go to the bathroom or to get a drink or and i couldn't i just stayed in bed you know so it was very frustrating but that's That's one of the reasons, too, I haven't ever even looked into the idea of getting my uh, hypermobility and my, like, my weird joint issues dealt with, because I'm sure I'm self-diagnosing myself with EDS. But I don't want to deal with it, because I know they're going to just think I'm looking for pain meds. Mm. I'm not. I want solutions, and to make sure that nothing else is wrong under the surface that I can't see,
1: you Mm. know? Pain medication is just a band aid, really. Like, I'd really it is. rather and not be people... taking packs of codeine yeah. a week.
2: Right. And some people need it because they can't function without, like, because the pain level versus their functionality level are not mm. working well. I'm functional in the sense that, like, my, my physical structural pain is not that bad. I want to be able to eat food yeah. <laughs> and go and do things and not worry about all of it at the same time, you know? So so for me, pain medication is not the answer. I don't want it. But they keep thinking that that's what I'm looking for. And I had a similar experience when I was trying to get medicated for my psych issues because I have very resistant anxiety and depression. Like, I'm very drug-resistant in that as well. And they kept giving me stuff and being like, I don't know why this isn't working for you. And I'm like, I don't know either. I don't enjoy this. I would rather take none of it. Those I do get the side effects from, you know. So they tried like 12 different things and I was like, I hate it here. Please make this stop. You know, I don't want to feel like I've been pulled out of my body every five minutes in a conversation. You know, not good.
0: I mean, I identify very heavily with that experience. Uh... <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was so weird! It was literally felt like an out-of-body experience. I'm sitting here talking to my boss one day, and it was like, I, was look- I wasn't physically looking at the back of my own head, but like, spiritually, I was. And I was trying to maintain this conversation with my boss the whole time, and I was like, alright, this needs to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> fun times.
1: I have experienced the same in some sort of high stress or illness situations. In fact, it happened during the last Ri stream. There was just a good three or five minutes of disassociation where I'm like, "Oh my fucking god, back, back!" Like, come on, I need, I'm not moving. I need to move, like Jesus. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, I was mainly referring to the medication experience. Uh... Oh,
1: (laughs) Oh, sorry, we're just vibing over here. Sorry, Trey. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh...
1: (laughs) Um
0: mainly because um uh it was to focus on the uh experience of how uh um our battle with medications um is especially with chronic illness is quite uh, a long haul oh, yeah. sort of thing. A lot of people expect that to be um you know, here's a pill. it's fixed. um oh, yeah in reality, um especially uh, uh when it comes to um uh antidepressants uh um uh mental health uh, uh approaching uh, uh medications um or pain relief, um mm-hmm. likelihood is you're going to end up. Feeling a lot shitter before you actually find the one that works.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And if you can't afford to keep finding new pills, because they don't all have the same costs. Because, like, the one, like, using mine as an example, I was on one that was, like, 20 bucks a bottle, 30-day supply. All right, that's kind of sucky, but it's fine. I had one that was $200 a bottle, 30-day supply. I I can't do that. You know, and that was like not even a high like that was just an antidepressant. I I'm not on insulin. If I was on insulin, I wouldn't be on insulin. <laughs> because I can't I can't afford that kind of thing. People shouldn't I don't know, this is getting into my angry healthcare rant, but it usually goes it it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the American in me. I'm sorry. Uh, <sighs> we, yeah, no, we shouldn't we shouldn't have to worry about that when we're already worrying about is this medication going to be okay it's going to help is it going to hurt me worse and the normal stuff of everyday life because that doesn't stop you from you know getting a flat tire or needing to buy groceries and have to go to the store and then you have to go to work and on top of all of that you're in pain in some capacity or discomfort of some sort and now you have to worry about how you are going to afford your medication like why why is this happening
0: i mean i i cannot really uh fathom how it's it's still a a case i mean i have been in um i've lived in a country that um i had to pay medical uh expenses for as an international um student um so i have some experience about paying for my chronic health (laughs) yeah. but i mean that's like you know getting used to not calling out an ambulance uh, at any time that you are unsure whether or not you're going to continue breathing because um
2: yeah and i i've actually been in experience where like somebody was trying to call an ambulance for me and i told them to stop because like i almost blacked out at work and I was like, please do not. I cannot afford that. I'll be, if I'm not fine in about 20 minutes, we'll consider it. You know, because I, I no, <laughs> absolutely do not. Bye, I, I don't know.
1: Hmm? Still, still here, just oh. trying to fix this disconnect. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I just, I don't know how much an ambulance ride costs, but I don't want to find out the hard way. Yeah. You know, mm. I I actually have considered getting one of those like medical bracelets it says, "If X Y Z happens, don't panic. <laughs> Please don't call anyone." Um, you know, because if it's something like you know, ah, oh, you 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 did a did a whoops and fell and it's real bad, yeah, absolutely fine, I'll deal with that. But if it's just my chronic illness flaring up and something that upsets and alarms somebody who doesn't know what that looks like from the outside. I don't wanna have to deal with that.
0: Are you is really very frustrating? Sorry, I'm is... just checking up on page to to uh... before we continue. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is it all good? Oh god, yeah, oh god's sake. Yep, all good. Sorry, <laughs> okay. oh, I'm having issues left, right, and centre. Oh no. Uh, <sighs> we're getting there, we're getting there.
2: I still <laughs> feel like, I know I didn't I didn't actually jinx anything, but it's, it's just very typical of me arriving at a place and everything going wrong. And I find that really amusing and sad.
0: I mean, I used to have that exact, uh,
2: um uh feeling as well but um it... well i mean i always the joke is that i'm like this accursed eldritch entity right and so it just it just tracks a little too well
0: <laughs>
3: um needless to say
1: things
0: needless to say you are you have not cursed anything you are not <laughs> <laughs> you... oh, <yeah. laughs> Not
2: that we're aware of
0: Not that we're aware what? of
2: <laughs> um... oh, Now nah, I like you two too much to curse you <laughs>
0: Okay, right While Paige sorts out that Whatever <laughs> that is
1: uh... <laughs> Gestures to everything
0: this Uh, (laughs) let's move on to our next question Um, so what's something you wish people knew about what stigmas or misconceptions do you experience
2: Um, the two biggest ones I kind of touched on them a little earlier one is that because I'm having a good day doesn't mean that I'm all better it's not gone forever you know i could be i could have a good week i could have a good month i knock on wood i might someday have a good year but it could still probably will still come back you know what i mean um people seem to think that like it's oh you had a migraine and then it's gone so you'll never have one again right no that's how migraines work like yeah or oh oh, you were sick to your stomach did you have the flu no that was just the normal you know it's hard to explain that to just anybody you know who doesn't already have either a chronic illness themselves or someone in their immediate circle who does that they are also so like aware of it you know what i mean uh, and the other one is that just because someone is self-diagnosed does not mean that they're just flippantly going out there and slapping a label on any old thing. You know, I, I have spent years researching and reading on things and I still am uncomfortable giving specific names to any of the things that I have. But sometimes you kind of have to because it... it there's no other way to really explain what's going on with yourself, and if it helps people to self-diagnose, it shouldn't be shamed to self-diagnose. I I don't know how much everybody else has seen that, but I've seen a lot of that where people will be like, "Ah, self-diagnosis, get out of here," and I'm like, but "Why?" I mean, um,
0: I have, because um, I've spent so long with with uh, uh, chronic. Uh, pain that no one knew how to associate it to um, I would just call it my mystery pain because um, yeah. that way it 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 helped me explain to people how it's something that I've had for a very long time it's something that happens out of the blue and it's something that I have no fucking clue what it is and no one else does
2: so <laughs> Yeah, I think my my usual is the flesh prison rebellion um, when I have to do that. But if I'm in a restaurant and I have to say I can't eat wheat, I'm celiac. People understand celiac better than me saying I'm gluten-free. So I will say I'm celiac because I have a half diagnosis that I'm celiac. Uh, You know, the doctor said, I think it's this, but I'm never going to check. So I go with it. You know? But normally, yeah, no, I'm like, ah, the flesh prison is in rebellion today. And my (laughs) boss is like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah. Same. (laughs) Uh, um, But yeah, those are probably the biggest two that I have, is like, you know, just because because you're better one day doesn't mean you're better forever, and also, just because you're bad one day doesn't mean you're bad forever. Like, you can have a good day. And also, let People self-diagnose if they need to, as long as they don't do it super irresponsibly. Like there is a difference.
3: I don't know. I mean,
0: do your research is what I would yeah. say. Yeah, but, no, definitely. Um I I wouldn't tend to encourage those who haven't had some sort of medical or biological education to depend entirely on self-diagnosis without reason to bring them towards such.
2: Right. So, Definitely, and I would I would never recommend, like, prescribe yourself this. Like, don't do any medication stuff based on your self-diagnosis. That's dangerous. You know, but as far as, as, I think it's also a very handy tool to get doctors to pay attention. I mean, I haven't had much luck, but to come in and say, I think it's this, this is why.
0: Yes. Give the, them a direction to look in. Having, having... Having a direction, I'm, I'm, I'm increasingly finding doctors actually want it. Yeah. Which is yeah. not what I'd ever th- thought I'd say.
1: No. Yeah. <laughs> with, my, with my fibro diagnosis, um, the one thing I avoided was saying just what I thought it was, but it was more. I wrote down all the stuff that I was experiencing. Then I went on to basically the NHS website and wrote down what their official guideline terms were for what I was experiencing and then took that list in. They looked and went, oh, wait, based on this, I think it's, and we literally both went fibro. And then she went, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was like one of those fucking Disney movie moments of like, oh, and it was, but it... <laughs> It was one of those where self-diagnosis did help because it meant I knew right. what I was trying to convey to the doctor. Because if I just went and say, it feels like I have a, like a pimple on my shoulder, she'd be like, well, you have a spot on your back, you fucking idiot. And it was like, no, what I'm trying to explain, explain to you is that I have a pressure point under my shoulder blade, which constantly feels like a small needle. But the closest right. way to explain that was, I have a spot on my back.
2: Yeah, but they don't so, they don't like when you say, my cells are angry. Yeah. <laughs> That makes them very jumpy. And that actually made them try to get me to go to a psych at the time. That was when I was like 16, so whatever.
0: Um, Yeah. The thing is, things can be down to so much interpretation. Mm -hmm. Most like, what? 80% of people aren't trained to talk in medical lingo they're not they don't understand how how the system kind of diagnoses or or uh, analyzes it's i mean yeah so someone's going to come in and say it hurts how does it hurt it hurts
2: yeah and some people don't like i don't know how many people are hyper aware of the kinds of pain that they are experiencing Mm. I can tell you what kind of headache I'm having just by the way the headache exists. Is it too much sugar? Is it not enough sugar? Is it not enough water? Is it not enough sleep? Not enough caffeine? Too much caffeine? Is it just a mysterious headache that came on from the void? You know, like I can tell before they get into like peak death mode what it's, what will head it off. I don't take. Even headache medication, unless I know it's not going away on its own. Mostly because it will upset my stomach. Mm. <laughs> um, so I, I, save, I save the Tylenol for the real doozies. <laughs> you know, things like that. Like, I can tell when my stomach is upset because of something I've eaten. Or if I have a flu, like a bug, I can tell. Not all the time. Because sometimes it gets to be very, like, crossovery, And that's always fun. My immune system, I think it's an autoimmune condition, so it seems like if I do something to trigger my immune system, it will also trigger my additional issues, which is a whole big thing with the pandemic. Um, I have been dancing on the very fine line between boosting my immune system and not boosting it high, because if I do, I'll still get sick, you know? Um, So... I don't think most people, though, are aware of what kinds of pain they're experiencing. And I didn't realize this until like, I was talking to somebody and they were like, I have a headache. And I'm like, well, what kind of headache? And they're like, <laughs> like, they expected me to think they had flavors of headaches or something. And I'm like, well, is it, is it, is it water? Is it, can I get you something? And they were like, it's just a headache. Yeah, there are... I don't know.
1: What part of your face is it hurting? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, and even just what kind
2: of of thing it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. the point that I was trying to get across is exactly as Dotty was saying there in chat is, if you are going to self diagnose, base it on things that have actually been seen by a doctor. Talk to a doctor Don't avoid a doctor and just go on a self-diagnosis Go, yeah. see a prof- seek help, seek a professional's uh, advice If there's a way in which you can quantify your symptoms in a clearer way to help speed up the process that's okay but the likelihood is WebMed is going to tell you you've got cancer or death. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. no. So, look, there are so many sites out there now where you can put in your symptoms and it comes back with 50 different things that you have. It it just can induce panic. Mm. Try Mm. to clarify what you're experiencing. Try to... Expand your vocabulary, so to speak. Uh, So is
1: just another tool to help you communicate what's going on. It's not so that you can go, well, I'm done now, because you're never going to get treated on just your perception. of. No,
2: no, definitely not. It's, yeah. And a lot of the time too, is you don't want to underdiagnose either, because if it is a serious issue and you look at WebMD and it's like, ah, you just have this, you you're not going to look into getting treatment for something that's minor when it could be something important too. Mm-hmm. You know? So it goes both ways in that way. You don't want to over panic, but you also want to take responsible action to make sure that you're taking care of yourself.
0: I mean, there's a lot of things where like, yeah, okay, it could be a cold mm-hmm. or it could be something else. Mm-hmm. Um the, th- the difference is if you use the tools out there to analyze your symptoms, keep checks, notice the things that are going on with you in the ne- following three to five days, it'll allow you to go, okay, so this is abnormal. This is normal. This is mm-hmm. how I feel when I feel it in response to this. It will yeah. allow you to make notes to take to your doctor it will allow you to analyze it better to to just be aware of the things that you need to be looking out for right in the same sense remember that your brain is a dick and the <laughs> moment that you read those symptoms you're gonna fucking get half of them because your brain's gonna go oh but i've got this i've got this look 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 i'm jittering now i'm jittering now look look i didn't have that before so yes that's because you fucking read it Uh, (laughs) your brain does tend to be a bit overreactive your brain's
1: a theater kid it just gets dramatic basically
0: so be aware (laughs) that you can actually manifest symptoms as well yeah
3: There is, in fact, an
0: entire, entire disorder based around the fact that you can actually convince your own body that it's ill.
2: Yeah. And like I was saying, uh, this is definitely very specifically my experience. I'm not trying to, like, push anybody to do any self-diagnosis. I just, I want people to understand that if somebody doesn't have a like especially with like my autism and ADHD more than anything or like yeah I I don't want people to think that because I don't have a doctor saying that I have it that I'm just lying about something that it fits 99% like of you know like I I, if I make a checklist and then I make a checklist of what the official stuff is, it does one of these like messages really well. So Things like that, it's if it makes your life easier for stuff like that. I don't want you to like feel like shamed for not having an official diagnosis because sometimes you can't
0: get one. I'm just trying to clarify that, yes, definitely, we're not trying to encourage self basically being your own doctor. Oh, yeah, no, (laughs) just that it is a tool, not it is, yeah, yeah a solution yeah. um yeah. and mm-hmm. first and foremost if healthcare was free there would be no question about the fact that you yeah. would be at the doctor
1: oh yeah <laughs> but unfortunately healthcare is a privilege whether unfortunately you're having to pay through the nose for it in America mm-hmm. or if in the UK they just really they're so overworked underpaid and yeah. you know, it's a nightmare underfunded yeah. Un- yeah underfunded massively as well and uh, you know or whether you're in you're in other countries that have their own set of issues um it is a privilege yeah. unfortunately to be properly diagnosed but yeah mm-hmm. using all the tools to ensure that when you finally do get to a doctor whether you have to pay for one or it's taking you a year to get there you can give them the most succinct information that will help yes. it stop being so yeah. long of a road very much so yeah so. I definitely th- i definitely think you're right golda like self-diagnosing if it helps you is great it's just th- you need to try and make that a step not uh, again you is oh, not the yes. real you it's like it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not like <laughs> bad golda it's more i'm trying oh bloody brain does this all the time that's the uh undiagnosed <laughs> oh, yeah. self-diagnosed adhd there <laughs>
2: yeah oh it's fun but oh,
1: yeah, exciting one day.
2: yeah it never it's gets boring does it huh <laughs> It's a... Yeah, wish for a
0: sometimes. ...process.
1: <laughs> so was that sentence track, you had to- you got
0: there. Um... <laughs> what happens when you put three neurodivergent uh, uh, people in a call and try to keep them on track for two hours?
1: Yep. The covered in Vaseline and the phone <laughs> doesn't work and it's... Just, oh. Uh hey, hey. <laughs> at least we talked about poop early. We
0: did. I'm sorry, do you want to go back that... to the poop? Is that no insane? I'm so tired.
1: You're a diverse with this, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right.
0: <laughs> um right. last question for for like actual questions. Um I don't know whether we've got any uh um Audience questions, but feel free to submit them. Um, Is trying to end on a more positive note. Um, Tell us what you can take away from your experience and what good has come of it.
2: I would say it's probably just the way of being understanding that's different when you experience. Any kind of a long-term issue, um, it helps to be able to relate to other people. Even if they're not long-term ill or long-term having a problem, you un- you, you can be a different kind of patient because you know, like, yeah, sometimes life is just like that, you know? At least for me, that's that's what I, I feel like I have I have learned that over time is just being able to be like, all right, and roll with it. Um, when other people have a problem that comes up that absolutely was not foreseen because sometimes you you make the plans, you do everything right, and it something still comes up, you know? So it, it has helped me not be as
3: upset when that happens, I think. Yeah. Anything else to add? Or...
0: Sorry, my brain's uh... kind of run out of sugar, so it's just kind of gone.
3: <laughs> it's just slowing down now. Uh,
2: um, I, don't, I don't really... I don't think I have anything specific to add.
0: Sorry, that's the, the, the sugar
2: uh, uh, crash right there. <laughs> <It's> a, uh, <laughs> Somebody get drunk, oh, no worries.
1: here's some tea oh fantastic what kind of tea do we have Uh, this one is green tea with raspberry
2: and then this over here is my apple cinnamon black tea and then I got water over there I haven't touched the water
1: (laughs) tea is mostly water
2: (laughs) it is and I don't like water I drink it because I have to
1: (laughs) that's why I drink a lot of squash
2: Mm. see that yeah that's what I was I have like the the mixes and
3: stuff in there Mm. but but I can just have tea. It's early. I can have tea now. Oh yeah, <laughs> time zones.
2: Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're annoying. I forget they exist sometimes. Really mm. fun. <laughs> uh, Paige,
0: have you got any questions for Goldar?
1: Not specific. I would like to just ask about the eyes. I, w- I know you explained a bit, a bit, a bit of uh, bleh, mm, English. You explained a bit about it. But I'm very curious because they're very cool and I like them. And there are a lot I, of eyes in your background. Obviously, there, this is a podcast. There are. <laughs> I, I have, like, you know, I have a lot of eyes everywhere. Um, I, I
2: like them. And I, it kind of gets into kind of a complicated thing, actually, is I constantly feel like I'm being watched. You'd think this would mean I wouldn't want to see eyes. However, it's kind of turned into a, if you're watching me, I'm going to watch you back and make you wish you weren't watching me. But it's also just aesthetically I really like them. Um, <laughs> it's uh, layers of 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 reasons for it. I have like, you know, on my hand. Um, these are going to be real tattoos. They're currently like temporary. But yeah, no, it's and it's been for a few years I was wearing like eye jewelry. Um, and just recently I've been like I, I went, that's my brand now at this point, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in chat says, what we do in America in our private lives between us and the NSA. Yeah. Fair. Or us and our apartment complex neighbours. <laughs> or all of the uh, aggressively conservative people in town. You know, do, they're just always I watching.
1: Like, I do like the memes of just, like, every American their FBI agent as they're just watching events yes. like the 16th time. They're like, Not again! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, do you FBI Do you do anything agent. else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's
2: like, no, I'm hyperfixing. Sorry, mate. I do love Night Vale, yes. I see that in chat there. Nightvale is amazing. Uh, the Magnus Archives also amazing. Both Iconography. Not why I like it, but it definitely adds to why I like those.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, thank you.
2: No problem. I'm happy to answer all kinds of weird questions. <laughs> if anybody doesn't have a question about like, you know, <laughs> health, I'm happy to answer weird things. That's fine. <laughs>
0: Um, well, um, I haven't had any uh audience questions submitted um, so while I give them chance to maybe ask some questions that are not about the health stuff, um would have you got anything um that you would like to say before we finish up?
2: much i mean just you know people should do their best to be understanding of other people's situations and their own like give yourself the patience that you deserve because that's very it's actually harder to give yourself patience than it is to give someone else patience sometimes at least for me um because you're used to holding yourself to a standard but sometimes you got to realize. That's someone else's standard. Like, Mm -hmm. There's no reason you have to hold yourself to that. It's been ingrained in you for some reason, but that doesn't mean you have to be that. You can be whatever you need to be at the time that you need to be it. And I say this and I'm completely hypocritical because I will turn around in five minutes after this call ends and I'll be like, wow, you should have said this better. You should have done that. But you know what? I'm making the decision to not let that be a problem. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So yeah, just you know, understand your limitations, and also don't let yourself hold yourself back because of those limitations. Because like you're, if you're like, ah, I don't want to go do anything because what if something goes wrong? Like just, just do it. If it goes wrong, then deal with it. Mm. That kind of thing.
3: Uh,
2: Actually, speaking the thing in chat, somebody was asking about steak or chicken. Uh, Either are fine, meat for some reason, does not bother my digestion. (laughs) There's like a a 20% chance that anything will, but meat, eggs, and rice are like the most stable things in my diet.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Pretty good. You can make a a fierce egg fried rice with chicken.
2: Yeah. If I could figure out how to make fried rice without it turning Uh, into either like ashes or mush. Yep. Just I can't get the texture right. Nope, me either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, you both need to come over and I'll make you chicken fried rice. And
2: oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you. I'm, I'm gonna walk my ass across the ocean. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, be, I make the rice at the beginning of the week. This doesn't change anything. Sorry. Right.
0: Okay um if no one's got any questions then I think we can finish up um okay. thank you so much for joining us Goldar I hope uh you enjoyed your time here and we really appreciate you spending it here with us and sharing your story yeah. um yeah it was good. Sai, can I get a shout out for Goldar? Because Goldar doing her own shout out would be weird.
2: (laughs) It is always weird. Yeah, because what didn't that, was that yesterday? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Where you and
0: Josie shouted each other out. Yeah, I was
2: like, I'm not doing mine. I'm just going to go over here and do Josie's. My favorite, though, is to shout out the streamer while they're streaming because that's
0: Fun. <laughs> um, and as always, Paige, thank you for joining us uh for the podcast. Um can I can I get shout outs for, for Paige too, please? Um yes, well thank you all in chat for joining us. I hope you had fun. I hope this was interesting and educational. Um don't know when the next podcast is going to be at the moment unfortunately um because Fre- february is is yes yes it is a thing um february <laughs>
2: is a
1: month all the work
2: <laughs>
0: yeah february is is a shit storm um but next stream for me will be on sunday so uh, I hope you all have a good rest of your evening i hope you all have a good rest of your day i hope you all have a good rest of your week if you'd like to keep in contact outside the stream do follow on the social medias the twitters on the instagrams and join the discord where all the shenanigans happen but yes i will see you all soon say bye all
3: bye, bye.